0: Right. we moved the kids out tonight because uh, I don't want anything to interrupt and I wanted to give them adequate time to accomplish what they need to accomplish and I want to give us the ability to focus tonight, amen. Why don't you find somebody that you are not related to by marriage or by blood? join forces with them somebody you aren't don't don't wait for somebody to come to you go to them go to them and we'll spend tonight as much time as we need to in this realm Uh, until there is a free flow of the Spirit in this place. It is critical uh, that when we step into the house of God, we step in with a mind, we step in with the attitude of an absolute reliance and an absolute desperation to get a hold of Jesus. I do not accuse anybody of this, uh, but it is very easy to come, especially on a midweek service, and to just survive. I know all about that because I did that in my teenage years and in my early 20s. You learn how to get through church. You learn how to look like you're paying attention, but inside you're screaming like, oh my goodness, will he ever shut up? So, again, I'm not accusing anybody of that. I'm just bearing my my dirty laundry that the Lord has helped me to to get through. Uh, But the unmet gazes (laughs) and the wry smiles around the room let me know that I'm not the only one. It's important that we never... Approach this moment as something average or ordinary. It's important that we never get comfortable and assume that that God's just going to show up. I'll go one step further. It's it's important that you never get comfortable and assume that I'm going to show up with a word from God. Maybe, just maybe... And I don't believe this is the case today. But maybe I spent the whole day in the Word and in prayer and God gave me nothing, but He's just waiting for you to let your voice and your desperation out on a Wednesday night before God moves. This is not a professional clergy laity church. We're a body together. And as a body where every part and every member and every piece is valuable, then it's important that no part of the body comes to any service with the mindset of, like, man, I, all right, I'm here. Wow me. But every part of the body, every mature believer comes to this moment looking for what can I add to the body in this moment. Now, I know that many have worked a long day, Many have already put in their 40 hours this week or their 30 hours this week, and so you're tired. I understand that. I get that. Uh, One incredible thing that we have access to is the life-giving power of the Holy Ghost. And if we as a body would learn how to quickly tap into the flow of the Spirit, refreshing would come long before we ever even get into the Word. We have to know together as a body how to create that atmosphere where there's a flow of the river of the Spirit and we're able just to step into it and have refreshing flow to us. Does all of that make sense? All right. Not a stitch of that is in my notes. Uh, I don't know why I'm talking about this other than I feel it very strongly in the Holy Ghost. Uh, And so uh, I want to tonight... Let's, let's take a few moments, let's spend some time in prayer, and I want you just to, to stay in the Spirit. In fact, you need to be praying until you're able to yield to the Holy Ghost and to begin to pray in other tongues in this place right now. I know that irritates some people when that's brought up and that's said, but as a mature disciple of Jesus Christ, you ought to be so filled with the Spirit. I'm not saying you can command tongues. Don't don't twist that or take that out of context. But you ought to be able to quickly yield to the Spirit flowing through you and begin to worship, to begin to praise freely, and yes, even begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. There's a river, and we have to get in it. So let's do that together in this place. Let's lift our hands. Let's lift our voices in this house. And let's just tap into the presence of the Lord. Uh, go ahead and join hands or put arms around the person, that, that brother, that sister that you came alongside. Uh, and just tap into the presence of the Holy Ghost in this place.
1: Ah, uh, le mara makie, le mahaya. I love you, my Jesus. I love you, my Jesus. I love you, my Jesus. Uh,
0: There's nobody like you, Lord. Uh, There's nobody like you.
1: So here right now. Find us together, Lord. With one mind, with one accord, with one heart, Jesus. let there be a river. Let there be a river of the Spirit. I pray that we would not be satisfied despised splash around, Lord, in the shallow uh, to splash around uh, to the knees uh, or even to the loins, Lord. uh, Not to the waist, God.
0: Come on, don't be satisfied with ankle deep waters. Uh, Don't be satisfied uh, with knee deep waters. Uh, Don't be satisfied with waist deep waters. Uh, There's a river of the Spirit that we can swim in tonight. Uh, There's a river of the Spirit uh, that we can get lost in tonight. Uh, There are waters issuing forth from this house. Uh, I love you, Jesus. Uh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus.
1: (laughs) Rocoso Dororie, Kerede, Ramondoro, Roro, This is the name I love you Jesus. 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 Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Amen. Amen. I am so thankful for what I feel in this house tonight. I am confident that God that God desires to work in this place. I'm confident that God desires to speak. To His children in this house, both over this pulpit and directly to His children. God wants to talk to you tonight. I'm I'm very persuaded of that. Now, an individual word from God will come to you when you respond properly to the corporate word from God. So tonight, I, I want you to listen with your heart not just your ears. I don't know that I can so much communicate or to speak what God wants to do in this place today, but I I, I feel like God wants to impart in this house today something directly from his heart to your heart. If you catch this, it will make my job easier. You may be seated. You can sit. You can stand. You You can roll. I don't care. If you catch this, it will make my job easier. Is there anybody that wants to make my job easier? All right, thank you. I wasn't expecting that. That was nice of you. But more so, or more importantly than that, it will make your life richer. I'm not talking about mammon. I'm talking about the quality of your life. Even better than that, it will make our church stronger. And even better than that, it will make his name greater. And I want to bring glory to the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to teach tonight on my life's goal. My life's goal. We're going to turn to 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7. And it will be a familiar pattern to you. Uh, I have virtually no notes and just A lot of verses. And so I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you that uh, from the get go, but if it's terrible, that's on me. If it's good, that's on God. Amen. My life's goal your Heavenly Father loves you. I got two yeses and a sneeze. Your Heavenly Father is desperately and wildly passionate about you. And it is not based on your performance. You cannot earn His love. I've worked a job or two where there would be an end-of-the-year performance eval. And I've had some that went well and some that did not go well. You are not employed by God. You were adopted by God, and as His child, you're expected to work in His kingdom, but not the work of a mere slave, but the work of a son and of a daughter. I say it again because before we leave this place tonight, God wants to finally and fully impart this to somebody in this house, your Heavenly Father loves you. And it is not based on how you failed this week or did not fail this week. It is not even based on how many minutes you've prayed today or how many meals that you have missed. It's not missed or it's not based on whether or not you fell into cussing again or you looked at something you shouldn't have. He Loves you. It's not based on how many Bible studies that you've taught. It's not based on the fact that you've kept the rules of, of, of the church, quote-unquote rules of the church, or you've met the platform standard, or you've, you've kept pastor... It's, it's not based on any of that. So let's look at some Scripture. First John chapter 4, starting in verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Another rendering of that says love is from God. And every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not, Knoweth not God, for God is love. The nature of your heavenly Father is a nature of love. I I understand you've heard that before. I understand you've probably heard that a couple of dozen times, even over this very pulpit. God is love. But I have come tonight to just calmly but flat-footedly confront the lie of this world that has caused us to believe that somehow we have to behave or perform in order to deserve the love of Jesus Christ toward us. Your heavenly Father loves you. Now your earthly Father, He may love you. But his love is human love. It is flawed love. It is faulted love. And some fathers are far better than others. And there are those in this room who never had the, the pleasure. Or there are those in this room who maybe were spared from the misfortune of knowing their earthly father. Whether you had a great father or whether you had a terrible father or whether you had no father you have to get an understanding of the love of your heavenly father. It far surpasses the nature of your earthly father. Even if your father was great and filled with the spirit and loved God. He was a sinful man and there were shortcomings and failings. It's a hard thing to learn as a child that your parents are not perfect. I, I, I don't remember the day but I do remember the time where it began to switch in my head uh, where no longer did I think my dad could beat up your dad don't look at my dad the day came where I, I, I began to realize yes, my dad can fix a lot of stuff, but there are some things that he cannot fix. And yes, he's a good man, but there are some things inside of him that his heavenly father's still working on and so as much love as my own earthly father poured into my life there were still areas where he was not able to fulfill and there were still areas where he was not able to meet and there were still things that he passed down to me uh, through no fault of his own Uh, it's the fallen human condition and the day is coming where my precious babies are going to realize that their own father is not perfect I'm not complete I'm not whole I'm striving to be like Jesus but I'm not there yet Uh, and though I love them I'm not perfect but your heavenly father loves you with a perfect love verse 9 says this in this was manifested the love of God toward us God was not content to speak about his love he demonstrated his love He manifested or showed his love toward us. He wasn't that father that ran out to get milk and never came back. He he, he wasn't that dad that disappeared right before Christmas and then would send a card saying, I love you guys. He, He wasn't content to know that his kids were suffering and alone and bound by sin and hopeless. And so he manifested his love to us and sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation or the atonement, the substitutionary sacrifice for our sins. He loved you so much, he could not bear the thought of you being bound by sin for eternity. And so he came. He loved you so much, he could not bear the thought of you being trapped helplessly by sin, by a bully, by that enemy of your soul that would keep you bound and in despair and addicted. And so your father came to whoop the backside of the enemy. He came to beat the devil. He came to destroy the works of the enemy in the lives of his kids. Beloved, verse 11, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another, And we've talked about this at length. That's not our focus tonight, but it is, it is impossible for us to say that I love God and not love my brother. And no man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. In the New Living Translation, this is rendered, his love is brought to full expression in us. We can show, we can demonstrate the love, we can express the love of God that is working inside of us when we show our love one for another. Do not be stingy with those words. Do not be uptight with those words. They ought to flow easily off of your tongue to any brother or sister in this house. I love you. See, if you can't say it or you're embarrassed to say, I hope you're just embarrassed to say it. I hope that's the case. But they ought to be easy words coming out. Even the teenagers in the youth group and all the fights that they would get in. Man, I remember some of the fights that our youth group used to get in. Now, I was too young to be in the fights, and so I I, I missed out on all of them. Thank you, Jesus. I caused my own problems. But man, there were some legendary fights on the trips from the youth. But from the teenagers to the elders in this place, to the gray-haired elders, and I can say that now, I've got a lot of salt and pepper coming in on the side and coming in on my closely shaven beard. There's a beautiful amount of salt and pepper. I'm in a race. I want to go gray before I go bald. But every single one of us has to be able to easily and freely express to my brother and to my sister, I love you. See, it's an expression of God's love. It's an expression of His compassion. It's an expression of how He's working inside of our lives. You've got to be able to say it. You've got to be able to voice it. You've got to be able to express it. You've got to be able, even as a teenager, when your mama says, I love you, I love you, uh, to your to your youth class member, to the, to the person sitting across the aisle from you, I love you are words that ought to flow freely out of the mouth of the spirit-filled believer to the person that cuts you off in traffic. Don't curse them. Love them. To the person that's giving you a stare down at the workplace, love them. Well, glory. Verse 13, hereby, know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. I want you to, we're going to do this a couple of times because we're going to try to tie together a couple passages of Scripture. Again, you've got to be listening with your heart and not just your ears. God God wants to deposit something in your spirit today. And we we know that we dwell in Him and He in us because He's put His Spirit inside of us. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is so much more than a neat party trick. It's so much more than a tingle down your leg. It is the very nature, it is the very power of God being placed inside of us, and God God brings with Him love. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in Him and He in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. And it got right quiet right there. See, that's that's the trouble. That's the sticking point. We can shout. We can dance. We can declare God is love. Woo, he's love. And we can kick our leg and get wild and and just have a crazy hee-haw in time in this house. But until we have known and believed the love that God has to us, it's just a it's 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 something that's not real it's not concrete it's just abstract but tonight god wants to help somebody to know and to believe that he loves you personally, individually, you, you alone, not the corporate body. Yes, he loves the corporate body, but he loves you, and it's not because you're special. It's because he's special. It's because he's good. It's because he's pure. It's not because you're perfect because you're not, but because he is perfect. You can know the love of God, and you can be believing the love of God. God is love, and he that dwelleth In love dwelleth in God and God in him. You must know and you must believe the love that God hath to us. It grieves the heart of God when you do not believe his love. Can you imagine looking at your spouse Saying, I love you. And they're like, eh. You gotta make me believe it. And so you put a little bit more in your voice and you say, I love you. Thank you. And and still they're like, and so you wash the dishes. You mow the grass, you vacuum their car, you do three loads of laundry, you buy some flowers. If, if it's your husband, you cook them a perfect medium-rare, two-inch-thick cowboy ribeye, and you say, I love you. And they're like, eh, I'm not convinced. It would grieve now, some of you teenagers have no idea what I'm talking about because you've you've never loved somebody like that. Now you you've had feelings and butterflies and that's not love, okay? Love is a decision, kids. Don't get weird over here. It's, it's, it's this is you need to understand this, okay? Love is not a feeling. Now there are some feelings attached to love often, and my goodness, if there's no feeling, uh, well then love has gone cold, okay? There there ought to be a feeling every once in a while that accompanies love. It grieves the heart of God when we do not believe His love. See, if we believed His love, we would not operate in insecurity. If we believed His love, we'd stop operating in a performance-driven mentality that thinks somehow we've got to earn it or we've got to be the super-Christian If we believed the love of God, we'd be secure enough just to be ourselves, to be the person that he's caused us and created us to be. If we believed the love of God, we would be like children that were open and vulnerable and trusting of him and of the body at all times. But because we are we have damaged love receptors and because we do not fully know and believe the love that God has to us then we wall ourselves off and we build up Barriers that impede the free flow of the spirit and impede the free flow of love in and out of our lives. We begin to create little castles, little kingdoms, little places where God's love is trying to reach the inside of it. Because he's a, a jealous God. He's not content for you to be in love with something else. But he's also not content for you not to believe that he loves you. Herein, verse seventeen, is our love may be perf- or is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Why? Because as he is, so are we in this world. The love of God is made perfect, or that is complete. It is, it is literally, it is accomplished, or figuratively it means to consummate, consecrate, finish, or fulfill. The love of God is fulfilled in our lives, uh, and we can have boldness in the day of judgment, because uh, as He is, so are we. That's why he's put his spirit inside of you. That's why he came to this earth and he died for you. That's why he became the atonement for your sins. There's literally nothing else God can do to convince you of his love that he has not already made available for you. And we have bumped into a wall in this place But God wants somebody to know and to believe the love that he has to them. He desires you to have revelation, to have understanding, to have a free flow of his love towards you. Would you lift your hands in this place right now? I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Uh, Would you lift your hearts to him right now? Uh, In the name of Jesus, uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, Lord, I confront uh, a performance-driven mentality and mindset. Oh, I would that every hand were lifted in this house right now. Uh, Do not shut off the love of God. Uh, Do not shut off what he wants to do in your heart tonight. Uh, Ah, Lord, uh, let there be a breaking down uh, of a a mindset that says I'm not worthy of it uh, or I've done too much or you don't understand. Uh, Lord, there are those that they're not even consciously resisting the love of God, uh, but they've never felt it, they've never experienced it, they've never walked in it, uh, and so they don't even know what it feels like. Uh, I pray vulnerability would be allowed in this house right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, he came to make us as he is so that we can have boldness in the day of judgment. Adam and Eve were created in the image of God. Sin destroyed that, but God loved you so much that he came to make a way for you to once again be like him. Verse 18 says this There is no fear in love, but perfect love, complete, consecrated, finished, or fulfilled love, casts out fear, because fear hath torment. What's this fear he's talking about? In its context, he's talking. The verse right before, we're talking about a day of judgment. We are to have boldness in a day of judgment, not fear. When you're assured of the love of God and you're confident that He loves you, you will not walk in fear of missing heaven you will not live in fear of going to hell it is not god's desire for you to just serve him out of fear of i, I don't want to go to hell i don't want to go to hell You're going to be crippled by an anxiety. You're going to be crippled by the worry of doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. But when revelation of the love of God comes, a boldness comes with it that says he loves me and I love him. And you can begin to ask him and you can begin to speak to him openly. You can begin to talk to him like a child would talk to a father, a a, a healthy, loving father. You can begin to express your inner being to him without fear Of rejection. Romans 5 and 5 says this. Are we doing okay? All right. Romans 5 and 5 says this. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. The Holy Ghost was given to us to help persuade us. Of his love. We skip ahead to a portion of scripture. Again, if I had time, I would just read the whole book of Romans. I'll I'll do it sometime just to to let you know that I want to. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. Here's, Here's the love shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Let's jump ahead. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons. Of God, And you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Why? Because it's the love of God that brought the Holy Ghost into your heart. And you've received a spirit, but it's not a spirit of fear. It's a spirit of love. And that spirit of love did not bring nervousness, did not bring panic. There's not a paternity test that's pending on you. You are the child of the living God you are his because you went down in his name and he filled you with his spirit he's not out there waiting for the results of some test but he has given you the spirit of adoption and so because you've been adopted and the spirit of love is in your hearts what do we cry back to him Abba father my father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name you see that right there. It's not a spirit of doubt and it's not a spirit of fear. It's not a spirit of worry whether I'm actually his or not. I want somebody to understand you were baptized in his name. You've been filled with his spirit. You are the child of God. God uh, and he loves you uh, and the spirit of God that was sent into your heart uh, was a spirit of love uh, and a spirit of adoption uh, and a spirit that brought you back to himself uh, and held you to him uh, and was so grateful and so thankful to finally be reunited uh, with his estranged child uh, and so every so often out of our lips uh, there should utter a cry, uh, Abba Father, uh, that word Abba is in the Aramaic or in the common Hebrew language. Uh, It's basically, it's saying, daddy. It's a very colloquial term, a very familiar term. For Paul to address Jehovah in that way would have been very scandalous, but it's denoting familiarity. This is not a distant relationship. This is not a mere formality. But can you get this down inside of your heart today? From the youngest to the oldest, he loves you. He's adopted you. He's brought you into his family. You're not like the black sheep of the family. You're not that kid that feels like they're always left out as the middle child. Uh, You're not the one that has to perpetually sit at the children's table at Thanksgiving. uh, But he has brought you into his own home. uh, Into his own kingdom. Into his own love. I wish this would stir uh, the heart of somebody right now to understand. uh, God loves me. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Talking about my life's goal today. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. Y'all ready for another long portion of scripture? Great, fantastic. Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Man, I got some infirmities. In fact, that's the birthplace of this message, I got some infirmities, I have some failures, I have some weaknesses, I have some flaws, I have some faults. Now that's not news to any of you because you can see them, but you, you can't see the half of them. You can't see the inner man. You, you can't see the battles that go on in my mind and in my heart, but he can, and he still loves me. So you, 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 can, you can look at outside Jared, and I, I hope the love of God moves on your heart enough to love outside Jared, but he looks at inside Jared, and he still loves me. He still cares about me. He still looks at me with all of my blemishes and my blotches and He says, hey, let's, let's take some of my blood and let's wash that off. Let's, let's clean that up. Let's, let's take care of some of those things that are, are, are bringing you down. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. What's this Spirit brought to us? Love. The love of God is shed abroad in our heart by His Spirit, by the Holy Ghost which was given to us. So God, His love is in your heart and He loves you so much from the inside, not because of your outside performance or the outside Show or shell that you're putting out there trying to impress everybody else. He's on the inside. He sees your nasty rotten carcass from the inside and he loves you so much that even in those moments where you don't know how to pray, he says, here, let me come alongside you and by my spirit, I'm going to help you to begin to pray for those things that you don't even know about. Those things that you're too afraid to mention to anybody else, even your spouse, because you're afraid that they'll look at you differently and love you less. Uh, the Spirit of God, which is the love of God inside of you, says, Hey, I see that, but let me come alongside that and let me pray with you here. uh, And we're going to work on those nasty things that you don't want to talk about. uh, And oh, by the way, I love you in spite of those things. uh, I died for you with those things. uh, And so I love you so much, uh, I want to work on those things with you. And so the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. It is so critically important that you frequently find yourself in a place of prayer where you allow the love of God God to begin to move on you and to deal with the things on the inside of your heart. God's love will begin to poke and prod at painful areas of your heart. It's not because he's a jerk. It's because the spirit of love inside of you is trying to pray through you to bring healing to you, to bring wholeness and health to you. You ought to find yourself in a place of prayer where the spirit begins to flow through you on a regular basis. Why? There are some groanings that cannot be uttered. If you've never had a perfect father, if you've never experienced perfection, how in the world do you pray for that? You don't know how to pray. You don't even know what you're lacking or what you're missing, but he does, and he still loves you. And so he says, here, uh, I want to pray through you. He that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose. I'm not here to tell you today that everything is good. In fact, there are people in this room right now that might be going through hell. You're going through a hard time. Life seems to be crumbling down around you. Everything is a mess. It's a wreck. That don't mean God doesn't love you. That doesn't mean his love is somehow shortchanging you. That doesn't mean that, that God has quit on you or again your performance has fallen below a certain standard and so all of a sudden your life begins to, now it might mean every so often that there's a little sin in your life, but guess what, he loves you enough to forgive you again and so all you gotta do is come back to him and say I'm sorry, but uh, you've gotta understand while it may not be good right now, uh, it will work out for my good. Uh, It may not be pleasant right now, uh, but it will work out for my good. Uh, You can think back to Joseph, uh, 13 years uh, living estranged from his family in slavery and in bondage, left for dead, uh, believed by his father to be dead. uh, But at the end of it all, uh, he's able to look his brothers in the face and say, You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Uh, It wasn't good while he's being lied about by Potiphar's wife. It's not good while he's in prison. It's not good while he's being sold, Uh, but at the end of it all, it was good. Uh, It was God's love uh, that reached into the future and saw Joseph on the throne of Egypt second only to Pharaoh and said uh, there's a painful road uh, but I love my kids so much I've got to ordain something to protect them and to keep them. For whom he did foreknow he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. There's another one of those phrases I want you to hold on to. Conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate to them, he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Now again, as, as Brother Holloway preached a couple of Sundays ago, we are not living, we have yet to live the fulfillment of this verse, but God's already lived it. Because He exists outside of time, and in His mind it's already done. Glorification has already happened. All you've got to do, or is, in, do or is endure until the end. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, Who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? (laughs) He loves us so much. He that freely gave us his son is going to give us all things. What can we say against the love of of God who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect it is God that justifieth and who is he then or that condemneth it is Christ that died yea rather that is risen again who is even at the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for us see that very proof of his love The man, Christ Jesus, stands at the right hand of God right now interceding on your behalf. Love stands at the right hand of your heavenly Father. Praying for you, interceding for you and saying, hey, uh, Noah, uh, humanity was flawed, uh, but I became the propitiation for humanity. Uh, the mediator between God and man right now stands uh, at the right hand of God saying, no, uh, no, uh, he's not perfect, uh, but I paid the price. Love stands at the right hand of God. So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, we are ki- for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. And I am persuaded that neither death nor life, this this thing that we're all walking through that doesn't always go our way and bad stuff happens, life isn't separating me from the love of God. Death can't separate. Most of us Most of us agree and understand and intellectualize that. Yes, we understand that the day's coming where we're going to be raised again to be with him. uh, But somebody's got to get a revelation tonight that life can't separate you from him either. Uh, Life uh, and all of the things that happen uh, and your moments of weakness and failure and falling uh, and mistakes and mess-ups and everything uh, that you go through, it cannot separate you from the love uh, of God. God not an angel, not a principality, not a power, not things present nor things to come, not height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can we lift our hands in this place again for a moment? Uh, And we've got to solidify that down in our hearts. Uh, Nothing uh, can separate me from the love of God. Uh, I want you to declare those words with boldness. Uh, Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Uh, No person, uh, no event, uh, not life, uh, not death, no principality, no power, no angel, no devil, no spiritual force, Uh, nothing can separate me from the love of God. We've got to know and we've got to believe the love of God. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 7. See, this is my life's goal. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. And yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Right there is my life's goal. And I pray that it would be yours as well. I want to win Christ. And I want to be found in Him. Not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, not my own performance, not my own good deeds, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. It is God that justifieth. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, being made conformable unto His death. See, we, we look at a verse that says God has predestined us to be conformed into the image of His Son. Don't, don't forget this part. Being made conformable unto His death. We spend all that time talking about the love of God because this is only possible when we've moved beyond trying to earn it uh, and we just receive it and we accept it and we're willing now because of his love to lay aside everything else and say, God, no, I've got to win Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Apprehend is katalambano in the Greek. That's a really fun word. I wanted to say it with a Spanish accent. To take eagerly to seize or Possess. See, I'm trying to lay a hold on something. I'm trying to get a hold of Jesus Christ. And I've been apprehended by his love. And I can't escape it. And I can't get away from it. And I can't run from it. And I can't hide it. And His love is so powerful and it's so rich and it's so free and it flows so openly from the heavens that we cannot even fully conceive of it or understand it. Our, our human brains in their imperfection cannot fully grasp uh, the love of God. Uh, but He's apprehended me. And so I want to apprehend that which I'm apprehended by. And Paul says this. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. All day long, this verse has just been churning through my heart. Here's Paul in prison. And we've all read the things that he's gone through. Thrice I received 40 stripes minus one. Stoned, left for dead, twice shipwrecked. Spent a day and a night in the deep. In fastings often, in laborings often. All of that. And Paul still says, nah, I haven't laid a hold of it. And here's two thoughts that I'm trying to tie together in the spirit for you right now. Unless you're driven by love, it'll always be a performance mindset and you'll run the risk of thinking, I've done enough for God. I'm satisfied. Or, You'll run the risk of always thinking, I can never do enough for God, so why even try? (laughs) But God sent me here tonight to convince somebody that He loves you because He is great and He is merciful and He is mighty and He has apprehended you with His love uh, and He wants to set you free from a mindset that feels like you have to earn it uh, and you can just... Confidently and boldly walk in that love, uh, and you'll get so lost, uh, you'll get so enraptured, you'll be so enveloped in the love of God uh, that, like Paul, uh, you'll get to a place where nothing else means anything. Uh, It's only love uh, that allows you to go through what Paul goes through. It's not faith; uh, you're not lacking in faith. You're not lacking in dedication. You're not lacking. What you need is to be made perfect in. Love uh, so that fear is cast out and anxiety is cast out, uh, and you can have a boldness against that day of judgment. Why? Because the perfect love of God has apprehended your heart, and you realize it's not about all those things that are behind that I've done, uh, and there's things ahead that I'm still reaching forward to, and I can press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Hear me right now. That press, it's not a casual, laid-back thing that says, hey, I've done enough, I've done my thing, I I obeyed the gospel, that's good. No, uh, there's such a love down inside of you for Jesus uh, that you're saying, hey, uh, come here, buddy, you're going to be my demonstrator, don't let me get past you. You're saying, no, uh, I'm going to press into the, come on, Try harder. I'm going to press into the presence of God. There's an obstacle in my way. Noah. I'm pressing toward the mark. There's my flesh trying to get in the way. Noah. I'm going to press toward the mark. There's the obstacle of my mind that tells me I'm worthless and I'm nothing. Noah. I'm pressing toward the mark. Why? Because I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like him. And I'm here to tell somebody today, he wants you to be like him. That's why he put it spirit of love down inside of your heart Uh, that's why he baptized you uh, with the Holy Ghost Uh, that's why uh, he's not bothered uh, when you fall uh, as long as you get back up uh, and you come to him in humility and say God uh, I'm so sorry Uh, he says it's covered, Uh, it's washed away Uh, it's handled by my blood I love you, I'll always love you, I'll always care. oh come on somebody Uh, would you lift your hands in this place right now Uh, the love of God wants to Flow in this house. Uh, the love of God wants to flow in this place right now. Uh,
1: in the name of Jesus, I pray. Ha, uh. Ha, Rabba Sato Romo keselemaha Ha Ha, ha.
0: Go ahead and let your voice out right now Go ahead and let your voice out right now We're going to stop right here Just let your voice out right now If you're already convinced of the love of God That you ought to be the one praying the loudest You ought to be the one praying the most boldly Why? Because you're confident in the love of God But oh, oh, if we could ever be persuaded Oh, if we could ever be persuaded Uh, that a perfect father loves imperfect kids enough uh, to change us into his image, uh, to conform us into his image, uh, to begin to work on us. uh.
1: Oh, how he loves us. Mara Romocosondo, the Hey, as Sister
0: de comes to the keys right now, This might take one minute. This might take 20 minutes. But I'm going to do something a little unusual on a Wednesday night. We're going to open these altars as we stand together. God wants you to leave this place knowing and believing the love that He has to you. I've watched across this place today, some with tears in their eyes throughout the entire night, others with doubt on their face even now. But He loves you. And he sent me here to tell you tonight that you can get a revelation of the perfect love of God for you. As she begins to play, I'm going to open these altars to anyone that just needs to talk to their father and hear of his love for them with every head bowed and every eye closed,